All right, Roman, my brother. How are you today? Yes, sir. Good. A little tired, but happy to be here. And you're in Italy at the moment? I am in Italy visiting my family just outside of Rome. Oh, beautiful. And um, yeah, it's been a while since it's been a bit of back and forth to get this pod going because you've been a busy man. Yeah, I have. I have. And yeah, I appreciate the patience and I'm glad we're finally making it happen. Yes, yes, for sure. So brother, the way we sort of I stemmed across you was the, um, because I'm spiritual song, <laughs> which, right. is, which was a good laugh, man. I just, the, the humor in that song was just very nice to, you know, break, break a bit of the, um, the spirituality of, of people feeling as though they have to become a certain thing and really bring mm-hmm. it back to the human, human like versions of ourselves. And, and from that point, I, um, I thought this is just a great song. So then ended up doing a bit of a dive and ended up deep in your archives with all the uh, YouTube acoustics and, and for me personally, there was just this feeling of you just speaking directly to my soul. And, you know, I want to drop straight there of, I don't know how many times I've actually got emotional listening to a music brother. And there's been times there where it will just come on, it'll be on shuffle and that one song will come on. And it was only a couple of weeks ago, I was sort of in a bit of a funk and um, free at last come on free at last and I was like I looked up and the words were just exact it was like you were standing in front of me speaking man and I was crying Mm. and I was driving and I was just like I just need to sit with this dude he's just yeah so that's how I come across you man I'm I'm glad that happened and and it means a lot to know that yeah the music it's finding its way to you know the people that might need it most and yeah and it comes from a place of realizing that we're all going through something and we're all going through more or less the same things, whether different names, different situations, different timings, but we all are faced and challenged with insecurity, fear, doubt, whatever it is. And so every song, usually I write for myself because I'm going through that. Yeah. So it's less of a, oh, let me tell you how it is. And more like I'm singing to me. And I know that if I write from an honest place, mm-hmm. then that truth will be true for a lot of other people because we're all humans trying to figure out how to be human on this planet. And so it's the the reflection. Uh, yeah, it feel, feels good to, to receive. Yeah, and I, I can most definitely resonate and feel the authenticity through the words. There's a there's a truth, you know, there's words that you're singing, but there's a feeling that comes beneath the words. You know, I've I've had your music on just shuffle and I'll just work my way down the acoustic album on YouTube and it's a, you know, there's there's a feeling towards the words, but underneath it there's this feeling that I get of just calmness of like, you know, you're not alone. And and this is mm. this is how you feel is exactly how you feel and that's okay too. Yeah, yeah, and it, it's the same of if you're going through something and you go to a friend and you share, and and they say, "I feel you, I feel you, I feel the same." Just that makes you feel a little less alone. 
mm-hmm. and you realize, oh, it's not just me or just just feeling seen or, or validated in your emotions. I feel like it brings some heaviness out of the experience to know, oh, we're all going through something and it, it makes you feel more more love and care towards other people the moment we can get out of our own head and realize oh everyone is is feeling something and is there anything that i can do to alleviate some of this this burden you know with my own experience my my talents whatever it is and um and it brings me a lot of joy when you know people have many ways of complimenting but the one that really gets to me is when they really hear the words and realize, wow, like that's the, the most beautiful thing I like to receive is that's what I needed to hear mm. and, and feeling like, okay, so I'm on, I'm on the right track, keeping it honest, keeping it vulnerable and, and letting people know they're not alone. Do you feel as though that it's hard these days, especially in this social media realm to, you know, speak your truth and be vulnerable? If there is what, with in regards to social media because i feel like that's where things have sort of taken a little bit of a dipping point in in you know you just see the highlight reels so on social media everyone just posts the highlights so the fact that someone can come out and be vulnerable and open as to however they're feeling gives access for other people to open up themselves because that's what i noticed through your stories and also your songs is that it makes sense now it's whatever you're going through in that moment but you know it's that feeling of being able to express that through social media, realizing that it's not all rainbows and fairies. Yeah, totally. I mean, social media is a is a tricky place because yeah, it, it, it the point is just to show the best. You know, I'm always happy, I'm successful, I'm killing it. I'm... <laughs> but it was really interesting um, during lockdown, I was actually here in this house uh, and I was like, so many people I was struggling I was I was confused I was angry I was frustrated I was scared and so I wrote an EP called I Won't Comply with seven uh what I call the COVID-19s and uh it came it came from a place of again feeling frustrated and angry and kind of using sarcasm and irony to alchemize the feelings Mm -hmm. And I put it out there. And at the time, I think I had maybe like 2,000 followers on Instagram. And I posted these songs without thinking much about it. It was just like, kind of like a like a diary. You go and write and you put it out and you forget about it. And within a couple of days, well, first I lost a bunch of followers and a bunch of friends. And then this online community came together. So within a day or two, there were 10,000 followers. Wow. And realizing, that people were connecting with that, with that honesty, you know, mm-hmm. with the, it's like, oh, I feel that way too. Mm-hmm. I feel, and it happens up until recently, I, I say something that to me is true, mm-hmm. that might feel controversial or not, you know, politically correct, but it, it's honest and it's authentic. And at first there's a like, oof, I can't believe he said that. And then people would message me privately saying, honestly, I feel the same. I, I felt that too. I, so yeah, social media is structured to be just a highlight reel of your life, but there's also space for connecting. It's just how we use it, you know? Yeah. And so connecting honesty, honestly, and um, I, I, feel, I feel the power of that. And it, it keeps me in a place to 
you know, remain true and authentic and raw. And I know that not everybody's going to like it. Not everybody's mm. going to resonate. But as, that's the only thing I can do. Just, mm. you know, say whatever feels true to me. Speak your truth. Yeah. Yeah, I would love to stem it back, brother. How did how did this all how did this all come about? And I'm happy to go as far back as you want to go. Yeah. Um so I was a basketball player my whole life until I was 20. Never thought about being a musician, never played an instrument. Um and when I was 20, so 2008, or I was 19 still, about to be 20. I dropped out of my first university and it was summer and I was just lost. What am I going to do? Da, da, da. And I was always intrigued by guitars. You know, there's always that one friend that plays guitar and he's the coolest person in the crew. <laughs> and so I called, I called a friend and I said, do you have an old guitar that I can borrow? I just like to, you know, see if I can learn because I got the whole summer and no plans. So my friend uh, gave me this old beat up, classical guitar it was like rusty I think there were holes in the guitar <laughs> and uh and I just started playing and quickly I realized I really love this like as soon as I could play two three chords I was like this is it but even then there wasn't a vision or a plan I just started writing songs for my girlfriend at the time like really cheesy romantic songs that were just for her and I would say please don't share them with anyone I was feeling really <laughs> shy and um and the more people were hearing these songs, the more people were like, yo, these are these are great songs. These are beautiful songs. So I just kept doing it out of my own passion. And uh, I did it for about four or five years. I think I was playing some little open mics around Rome. And uh, and then one day I was sitting, I, I was I was working a, an internship at the university that I ended up graduating from, an American school in Rome. And it was a good job, people were lovely, I, I was good at what I was doing. And I was sitting there one day, working on my on the this old computer with the big keyboard. Yeah. Artificial light, I think it was July and everybody's out and I was sitting there and I had this thought of like, I don't wanna do this. Like, I learned how to play guitar on YouTube. So I never took classes, never did anything. But I would watch musicians that I loved at the time. I would watch live videos of them playing. I would pause and try to learn. But what drew me to specific musicians wasn't just the music, but it was the life mm. that they had created around the music, a life of yeah. connection, freedom, expression. And I was really drawn to that. So this one day I realized I don't want to do this. And I, I quit my job. Well, actually, I got fired. Uh, which was <laughs> same time <laughs> same thing and uh and i said i'm gonna move to london for the summer because in europe london is like you know capital of of music at least the music that i was making and i said i'm just gonna go to london and see what happens and then i said i would be there for three months and that i've lived there for three years and that chapter completely changed my life so no plans because i yeah, because I realized, first of all, I'm not as weird as I thought, because in Italy, I was considered like really weird. But then in London, everybody's weird in some way. Yeah. And actually, nobody's weird. Everybody, you know, it's whoever you are. And I found this community through a, a little vegan cafe that I was working at in Camden Town. And there were all artists, musicians, and and everybody was so supportive. 
everybody was so I started playing a little open mics and I would have my hat over my eyes because I was shy and I didn't want people to see me and even if I was singing and it wasn't great people were so warm and so over the course of a year 2013 2014 I realized maybe I can actually do this like maybe you know and then since then it's just been a journey of just devoting myself completely to what first of all was bringing me the most joy because for me music has been medicine it's like a form of therapy it's a form of expression and then realizing that people were really feeling what I was singing because I've always had this theme of how can I use my own experience and my talents to what I now call amplified joy and truth I found like the little line that kind of like encapsulates and uh, so, yeah, since 2014 has been a journey of figuring out how can I make this work? And just, I just kept playing. I just kept playing. And there've been a lot of challenges, a lot of obstacles, a lot of what am I doing? Am I good enough? Is this ever going anywhere? Uh, but I just kept playing. And, and slowly over time, I found my way, I found my style, I found my people. And then I realized, I don't think I could do anything else. Mm. and and obviously there's a lot of chapters in between yeah. but that's london london showed me yeah i could do this to the point where i've had thoughts of maybe i was always meant to do this mm. and um whether it's true or not feeling that gave me some extra uh motivation and inspiration and so yeah now it's been 10 years of doing this professionally 15 years of playing but I'm so so grateful that I found music or that music found me and that um, I've been creating this life around it I absolutely love this man and how beautiful is it that you followed your heart and you just went with the feeling that you had of going to London and packing up and just seeing what happens and being able to find that truth was was the the style and the, that you play and the truth that you speak was that engraved from the start obviously you're writing the the love songs for the for the girlfriend at the time but because some of the the way you articulate your words and like I, I've got five or six favorites um but they just you keep releasing more and they just keep piling up so but like the free at last song like I listen to that and I'm like you obviously you're telling a story but it's deep and it's truth. And it's just like, and, and how did that entwine with, you know, say you you call it as what you will, but your self-development spiritual journey along the path of being a musician, because like, I'll be honest with you. I don't know other artists that drop that deep, you know? Mm. Um. So I was, I was raised in the church in Italy my my father is a doctor but he's also the preacher in the church yeah nice uh, it's a christian church kind of like the more protestant branch and um there was this if not expectation desire that i would follow in my father's footsteps yeah and then when i was i don't know 16 or 17 i realized that i loved the the core message that was shared, like the, the, the teachings of Jesus unattached to the institution of the church. But then I realized I don't agree with all this stuff. So I kind of moved away. Yeah. And um, and then when I moved to London and already a little bit before, I started diving into all sorts of 
spirituality and, and texts from Hinduism, Buddhism, Taoism, um, and finding so much truth and so much wisdom that in so many ways was at the core was the same. Mm. And I realized how impactful this was on, on my own life. And I think I was always good with words. I remember even in school where there was like papers or things, I always loved words. Um, but it came again from this desire to share things that were being very helpful and supportive and formative for, for me. Mm. And again, this feeling of we're all going through something. This is having a massive impact on my own life, my own well-being, on my own spirituality, so to speak. So that seemed like the most important thing for me to share. And I was always a little bit like, how is it that the mainstream music, like, they're not saying anything. Mm. Like, it, most yeah. of it, whatever you hear on the radio, it's just, I don't, it doesn't say anything. It's like, oh, I'm going to catch you a little song, whatever. But I've wanted to, I felt a sense of, responsibility because of the privilege that I that I have that I get to do this it's like how can I use this in a way that you know is can have some some type of positive impact because even before deciding to make music I still had this desire of having a positive impact but mm -hmm. at the time I thought I wanted to be a diplomat so I went and studied political science because I thought if I can make a difference maybe from the inside of the system yeah and then I graduated in science i was like i definitely do not want to do this <laughs> as far away as possible yeah um but yeah it was a series of elements that kind of like contributed to this is what i do now and um but yeah there was this sense of if not responsibility opportunity like i get people's attention which is such again such a privilege so how can i use these four minutes that i have to make sure that by the time the song is finished or the show is, fin is finished, people leave feeling a little bit better. Mm. And that in turn is a reflection on me because then I feel a little bit better. And, mm. and seeing how this kind of like feedback loop kept, you know, like an upward spiral, then again, selfishly, most of what I do, what I write, I do it for me first because it helps me. Mm. And then seeing how it helps me, it helps others. What else is there to do kind of thing? Do you think that's that's the reason why it's so authentic and so true and so many people resonate is because it's starting with you first? You're not out there to, you know, for the success or the money that just automatically comes with ensuring that what you're portraying is coming from a place of truth within yourself first. Because I think that's a selfless being, so you know, selfish like that. I feel as though that that's that's the that's how that's the reason why even me personally, if I'm ever feeling something, I know I've got access to your music to be able to just put a song on just to, you know, it's like that. I just know that I've got access to that at any given day to just put it on and just go, remember that last time you listened to this song and it just brought you a bit of peace. Now, can we go back there? So that's like a little bit of a tool, you know what I mean? And I, I'm probably speaking on behalf of most people that listen to your music, knowing that they've got access to being able to bring it back a little bit. But I feel as though that, you know, you've said it a couple of times in this chat of, I was doing it for me first. And I think that's a massive, that shows as to the reasons why you've moved to the places you've moved to. Yeah. Yeah. I think <clears throat> as long as I'm honest with myself and yeah, I come from a place of authenticity 
Because again, if I write a song for me, it almost doesn't matter if other people resonate with it or not, but then it's kind of like a byproduct because we're all going through the same thing, more or less, then yeah, the more honest I am, I am with myself, the more people will be able to resonate and connect with that. And, and also it comes from, you know, seeing the power that other people's music and art had on me. Because mm. obviously I, sometimes I listen to my own music, but other times I listen to other artists and, yeah. and I get really inspired, whether it's music or spoken word or, um, but yeah, I, I think the element of authenticity from early on has been very, very present and has kind of guided the the art and also just the journey, like the physical journey through this, this world, like feeling like if I have an intention and then I kind of let go and surrender to whatever guidance or whatever, um, then I'll, somehow I'll end up in the right places with the right people. And then, and then the music is like an, an offering that comes from, yeah, a, 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 an honest place. How was the, uh, so when you're, so when you're talking about posting, you know, music and stuff like that with the, the, I won't comply song, how was that roller coaster of emotion when you did it? Did you just fully just go, I'll just let it land however it lands without the attachment? Yeah. Yeah, I had no no expectations. I didn't think anybody was gonna see it because again, at the time, I had maybe two thousand followers, like it wasn't really going anywhere. And and I also I've always had this little bit of like a rebel mm. attitude. Like when I was little, I just could not understand the concept of authority. Mm. It's not that I was going against it; I just didn't understand. I'd be I'd be little in, in class and the professor said, oh, you have to do this because I'm the professor. And I'd be like, so what? Like, you're another person. I'm a person. Why do you get to tell me what to do? So I always had this thing a little bit of like, no, everybody's going that way. Going that way. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the COVID, the COVID-19 just came out of. Yeah, just I just want to I, I want to say how I feel, regardless of how it's received. And at first it was not received well at all. I still don't speak to friends that I've, I've been friends with for years. Uh, I've been accused of doing it just for the likes. I've been accused of being some crazy conspiracy theories. That have been, and I was like, yo, I'm just telling you how I feel. I'm not trying to convince anyone. I'm not trying to convert anyone. This is just my own. This is my platform. If you don't like it, leave. Yeah, listen. And yeah. And a lot of people left until more people started to find me and say, yeah, that's how I feel. Thank you. I don't feel crazy anymore. I don't. Because yeah. realizing a lot of people, I was lucky enough to have friends that I could speak to privately and say, you know, what, what do you think is going on? This is crazy. And so I had someone to talk to, but realizing a lot of people didn't, whether they were, you know, the only one in their family or the workplace or among friends. And so a lot of people felt really isolated. And, and when I noticed the, that just putting out a song, cause it started with one and then I wrote six more, but realizing, wow, like there's a little online community gathering um, because yeah, people are not feeling alone anymore. They feel seen, they feel heard. And, um, but yeah, originally there was no plan. Like as far as I was concerned, I'll put this one song out tomorrow. I'll forget about it and I'll do something else. And then I checked 10,000 people and it's going viral everywhere and actually freaked out 
Yeah. When I saw that it was going viral, <laughs> I freaked out. <laughs> I went back to my phone and it's the 10,000 followers. I don't know how many thousands, tens of thousands of views. And I had this moment of like, shit, like, what have I done? <laughs> you know? And uh, and I had to work with that to be, be true to myself. Because there is always, a, especially back then, this feeling of like, I want to be liked. Even yeah. if it's below, it's like, yeah. I want to be proved of. I want to be. And so when I realized, well, out of all the things I've ever done, this is what. <laughs> this is the thing. Yeah. And now there's a label on my forehead of, especially at the time, like you could not say those things. Yeah. Now maybe it's more relaxed, but at the time, mm -hmm. if you were saying anything a little bit outside of, you know, the mainstream pre-approved, this is what's going on. You were immediately labeled as a crazy conspiracy theorist. And obviously mm -hmm. there was a part of me that didn't want that. Yeah. But then I was like, okay, this is, this is somehow unfolding in a way that, people are resonating with it more than other stuff so and i definitely have a lot more stuff to say because one thing about me is i'm very opinionated and i do not hold back from sharing you know what i feel yeah and uh, so that was an interesting journey to realize okay this is this this is reaching a lot of people and a lot of people are benefiting from me saying what they also feel but they don't they don't feel like they can express it so i'll i'll say it and i'll, I'll take the blame and, <laughs> And that that kept growing, yeah. and and to this day, I still have people stopping me. It's like, are you the guy from that played that little song on the beach with the the I won't comply one? It's like me. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. Like that song really helped me or made wow. me laugh about something that I could not laugh about before. You know, it was extremely serious as it was. Mm -hmm. So even just the fact that I was bringing a little bit of lightness to an extremely heavy yeah. topic mm -hmm. uh, felt good. It makes you realize that there was a there's a higher power out there that controlled that because if you had it your way, it would have been one of your acoustic songs or one of your pop songs that would have popped off and it was I won't comply. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, and then so and then we and then from that point, so that was sort of the kickstart of how the the acoustic sessions and stuff all sort of stemmed after that. Uh I think I recorded those right before the lockdown because i was in yeah. london in 2019 and then i came back home to italy thinking it was going to be just a couple of weeks while we were mm -hmm. flattening the curve yeah and then i ended up being here for a year yeah uh, but i think i already had the acoustic sessions and then over time i i shared them i recorded them all in like in, in bulk so to speak yeah. um but those COVID-19 were the first songs that started really going places. And again, the, the irony of that, I was like, of course, the thing that goes, yeah. the yeah. you know, <laughs> the, the most controversial thing I could say right now. Yeah. Uh, but then I kind of yeah trusted that if this is happening, there's probably a reason I'm just going to ride this wave, so to speak. And from that point, what did that wave look like? Because since then, it's just, you know, skyrocketed. I'm seeing that you're traveling, you're doing, you know, you're doing concerts, you're doing, you know, the, every every story I see, you're in a new location singing a new song. So how's things been as of late? Uh, it's been a really interesting, crazy ride because uh, after that, I yeah so through those songs people found all the other songs yeah so that was the beauty of it is is that a lot of people found the funny thing 
and then realize, oh, you have all these other songs that I also resonate with. Um, and then, yeah, li life guided me in a really unexpected and almost a little bit brutal way to Costa Rica. Yeah. Because I was here during lockdown. I reconnected with my ex that I've been with for, I don't know, two and a half years. We separated. And then after nine months, we started talking again. She's from the States. And so we said, okay, let's try again. Let's be together. I'm going to come to the States and we're going to live there together. But I couldn't fly directly to the States at the time because of the uh, restrictions. So yep. we said, let's meet in Costa Rica. That was kind of like a two week quarantine, so to speak. And then from Costa Rica, we'll go to the States together. And then she flew like a day or two before me. And then I was about to fly from Costa Rica to the States. And at the airport, they told me that my visa had been canceled. I still don't know why. It was like, they just left me at the airport. What'd you say? I won't comply? <laughs> I, there was not much I could say. I honestly freaked out. I completely freaked out because I was stuck in Costa Rica. Wow. I, I couldn't fly to the States. I didn't really want to go back to Europe because everything was on lockdown. I was in a country where I didn't know anybody and I didn't really have a lot of money because the plan was to then go and, you know, play some shows and make some music in the States. And um, so it's like life just completely slammed the door in my face. It's like, oh, you want to go to the States and be with this person in his life? Absolutely not. Wow. And, and then from something, I was so stressed and so attached to my own plan and my own vision that I, I made myself physically sick for about yeah. 10 days. And then I ended up breaking up with this, with this person. And so I felt like everything was falling apart. And then somehow through connections and things, and blah, 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 life guided me to this little town called Santa Teresa on the Pacific side. And I was basically adopted by the community within a, a week. Wow. And and then they said, my new friend said, hey, if you want to stay, there's a place for you here. We'd love for you to stay. And so I ended up living in Costa Rica for a year, which is one wow. of the happiest times of my life. And and then, yeah, through the COVID songs, through playing songs there, there was a really creative time. Uh, and then, yeah, I just kept putting music out and, and playing shows and things have been growing since then. What a beautiful experience that, you know, at one point the world's crashing down and everything looks like it's dark and, you know, to the point of you being physically sick to not only realize it ended up turning out to be one of the most creative years of your life. What a beautiful thing. What a beautiful thing that this faith and this, you know, experience of the universe controlling this, you know, lifetime of allowing us just to sort of, you know, it's funny those times when you're when you're stuck in it. It's so difficult to see. It's like, what do you mean? I need to get to America. I know the way, and then the universe goes, "Not today, Roman. You're going to stay no. here." <laughs> yeah, and there's actually a beautiful story that's been extremely impactful, and that has changed the way that I see things in life. And if there's time, I'd love to share it. Yeah, please. I, I also it's a story that a lot of people find very supportive and inspiring um so i get told that my visa is cancelled i get stuck in costa rica 
And uh, coincidentally, a good friend arrived in Costa Rica at the same time. And he was also going through a really rough time in his relationship. So we said, why don't we travel together and we can be miserable together for a little while. <laughs> so we started traveling together and uh, it was a really, really hard time. Like I was very sad and confused and angry and like so tense. It's like, this is what I want. Why is the universe not giving it to me? And which obviously doesn't help in any way. Mm -hmm. And uh, one day, me and my friend were, I don't know, somewhere maybe buying water. It was like a completely regular day of being miserable in paradise. And out of nowhere, this man who looked like it was some type of homeless man, like a little bit crazy, not like dangerous crazy, but like a little bit out there. He comes out. I think he came out of a bush or something. Like, it just, like, appeared. Never seen him before. And he walks straight up to me, looks at me in the eyes, and says, stay open to life. And that just, like, my heart just exploded because I realized how not open to life. I, I was the exact opposite of open to life. I was, I was creating so much suffering because I was not flexible in any way. And then he kind of just like disappeared. I don't even know where he went. But I remember thinking, wow, that's, I'm going to write a song about that. Yeah, I love that. Fast forward, fast forward to somehow. So we were on the Caribbean side, Puerto Viejo. And then somehow we made our way to this place called Santa Teresa, where, as I said, I ended up unexpectedly living. And uh, so I stayed there. My friend goes back to Europe. And, you know, over the next few months I realized wow this place is amazing like the community the nature so obviously we're in touch and I say yo you should come back and we should do a tour of this beautiful place because he's also a musician mm. so we organized this tour and in the meantime I wrote the song stay open to life which has become one of my personal favorites that one of the songs I sing to myself the most mm. and uh so there's a song, Stay Open to Life, and then we're trying to find a way, a, a name for the tour, and we decided, why don't we call it the Stay Open to Life tour? And I, almost exactly a year after the man comes out and says, Stay Open to Life, I'm on tour with my friend in Costa Rica, feeling really happy, and thinking, wow, what a journey. And kind of like the circle was closing from I am lost, I am scared, I am broke, life has fallen apart, to I'm on a tour called Stay Open to Life. And the song we would sing at the end of every show together was Stay Open to Life. And it, 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 it really showed me how we don't know why things happen from our own human limited perspective something looks like oh this is the worst thing that could have happened and then from that there's a, in that there's a little seed of no trust just stay open you know keep flowing what if you have some type of connection to god or spirit or the universe like trust that things don't happen just to mess with us and it was such a powerful experience to see to remember how miserable i was to how just happy and healthy and, and and stoked about life I was and so since then it's really hard to go to the same dark places that I used to go to before because I've yeah. seen it firsthand experience like you don't know why things happen just trust just keep playing trust you know 
obviously I still go through like even the last two months have been extremely challenging, a lot of changes, a lot of transformation, there's a lot of a lot of pain, emotional pain that I've been going through. But to stay open to life mm-hmm. is always there. And I remember of you know that experience, that story. So I kind of just, yeah, even if there's nothing that I can do, I'm just gonna stay open and see what happens. Usually something good comes out of whatever at first may be perceived as something really bad. And that, and that just comes down to the resistance of feeling as though, you know, the way it should be, you know, and, and, and then allowing it just to, you know, I love the, the quote, um, always uh, let the universe take control of everything you can't see, you know, yeah. and it's, and it's like, it's our life is, is a journey and the human experience in itself of, something that we think is supposed to be one way. And the more that you fight and resist and scratch and crawl to try and get that, the more suffering you cause where, you know, for me personally, when moments happen that I don't necessarily want or like, I just say, right, this is just a moment. I wouldn't have picked this moment, but it just is. Now let's just ride it out and allow it just to, you know, like the, like the river in the water, just allow it to flow through and, and see whatever comes up, comes up. And like you said, most of the time it puts you on a completely different path and, and puts you into a whole different, you know, a year later you're on a, you're on a whole different wavelength. Completely, completely. And, and there's some degree of peace that comes with acceptance and surrender and trust or faith when you know, I mean, there's something extremely brutal and at the same time almost reassuring when life creates a situation when there's nothing you can do. Like my visa was canceled. The embassies were closed. Me and my ex broke up. Like there was nothing I could do except just accept this is what's happening. Mm. And again, even recently, some things have been happening where I'm like, there is nothing I can do about this. And so when life is so, when the message is so strong, that's not the path for you. Like, if, especially if you have a vision or an intention and then life goes, oh, is that what you want? Great, I got you. It might not happen the way you think or the timing that you think or, you know, with the, the way that you think, but I got you. And so in that, you just say, okay, like, take me, guide me. And I'll do my best to stay open and and trusting that as long as I give myself to something greater, whether it's a, a passion or a calling or or again God or spirit or then then things always find a way, even when it seems like another song that I wrote during lockdown is called Bless This Mess. And it's the same <laughs> concept, like, oh, this is a mess, but I don't know why things happen. And so bless dismiss i'm here like use me and guide me and and i trust that it's gonna be okay beautiful and then after costa rica so you had that year experience in costa rica and then from that point things were picking up again i had that experience in costa rica and then i i was i was feeling really good in costa rica and then i came back to europe to see my family in june of last year yeah and then i started an a unexpected new relationship that took me to Portugal 
and uh and now life is doing that thing again you're like oh you think this is your path <laughs> absolutely not. Yeah. and so recently me and my now ex-partner separated i live i had i moved out and i'm in a place i'm actually in a really similar place where i'm like well i thought this was what i was doing this person this place this house this vision and and life is pulling another one of those like no that's not and so that recently a lot i'm thinking of the stay open to life story yeah. and so now i'm at a place of i don't know i don't know what's gonna happen i don't know where i'm supposed to be i don't know what's in store but i've seen enough and i've been through enough to know that this is just another chapter and after this there's another chapter and then there's another yeah. chapter so i'm trying to stay rooted in the the trust and the gratitude and still feel all the feelings of confusion or grief or sadness whatever it is but not letting those emotions take over and kind of take control of how i live my life and so it's and it's funny, it's like I've been singing Stay Open to Life and then life goes, oh, here's another opportunity to practice that. Just, just in case you haven't fully grasped it. Like, try this one. What a crazy paradox it is, though. And that's one thing I sort of am learning to develop and sort of stay in the nice space of understanding that, you know, the spiritual sense of, you know, staying open and faith and and possibilities and and love and peace and joy and then the human experience that comes with it of like, you're here living a human experience. You need to be feeling all these experiences. You need to go through all this bullshit because when I sort of stepped on this path, it was more so, oh, if I just keep working my way up, I'll get to this hill and there'll be a rainbow and some, you know, maybe some money. And then I'll just stay here and things will be good. As like, But one thing I noticed, because I've been on the path for probably two years, is that I just feel the shit a lot harder now. <laughs> and it's mm. like Ramdas says, I wish some people would never get on the path to know what it feels like. So for me personally, now I'm, I'm understanding and I think it's a life's journey of knowing that, you know, all the shit's still going to be there. It's still mm -hmm. always going to come up. But now it's depending on, you know, do I hold on to something for three days or might it be only 30 minutes, you know? Or, yeah. And I think that's what the spiritual side has taught me is that it's always, there's still going to always be chaos, but we need to find a bit of peace in the chaos to allow it to just pass. Totally, totally is. Yeah, I fully resonate with that. There's still, yeah, there's still challenges and obstacles. And I had an experience recently that was very eye-opening. And it's funny because I've been on what you might call the spiritual path for maybe 10 years. So I'm not new to meditation, to whatever practices you do to, you know, bring yourself back to the present moment like i'm not new to that however recently and when i say recently i mean like a month ago i was going through this very painful breakup and um i was i'm not gonna lie completely shattered like completely completely broken i felt broken and i went to this retreat in the south of Portugal and we were close to the beach and there'd be days where I would just go to the beach and just scream and some days I would like I would whatever I needed to do in the moment like work out qigong jump in freezing water meditate scream like and um 
and it had become so painful to be in my head yeah in my thoughts i should have done this i could have done that what is that one day i felt like again it was so beautiful to be in my head that something just went click and i dropped in my body like my awareness just went and i was sitting on the beach and i had done i don't know qigong push-ups whatever it was and i had a little chat with my inner child and i was crying and i was just feeling the intensity of all the emotions and after doing all these practices i was sitting there meditating and i realized that when i'm completely present like actually present there is still pain but there is no suffering and I realized the difference, like the pain that I feel is real. Yeah. Th this, I can feel it in my body, but the suffering of the mind going, ch -ch 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 you're such an idiot. Of course you would leave you. That's unnecessary. And that makes everything so much worse. And I realized, and again, I laugh at myself that it took me this long to realize I'm 34 now that the way through is through the body through what I feel in the body. So as you're saying, there is still pain, there is still all those things, but I try as much as possible not to make it worse with the constant negative chatter in my mind. And so I'm constantly checking in and be like, am I in my head? Yes, boom, and I drop in my body. And then there's something that you can do to move the emotions that you feel in your body. But there's really nothing you can do to stop the constant chatter in the mind. If you don't pay attention, it'll go your whole life. You spend your whole life not actually being present with what is. Yeah. And by going through the actual feelings, by going through the actual emotions, by tending to them, by being kind and loving and just feeling like no one wants to feel grief. Mm. But if you have grief, like, what are you going to do? You can't run. <laughs> you can't hide. You can try. You can get drunk. You can do drugs. You can go yeah. and sleep with a bunch of people. It's still there. Yeah. And I notice the difference if I actually sit with it as uncomfortable and absolutely brutal as it is, somehow it goes faster. Yeah. Somehow, because it just wants to be felt like you are sad. It's okay. Just be sad for, for the time that it takes for you to move through that. And then there's going to be something else after that. Mm -hmm. And so I fully resonate with when you're on a spiritual path, it doesn't mean that all of a sudden there's rainbows and butterflies. No, if anything, you feel everything so much more, mm -hmm. but you have tools, you have resources, you have a different approach and a different awareness to help you navigate the inevitable times of challenges and obstacles and, and confusion. And also you don't feel like you're alone. That's another thing. Like if I think that it's just me, little human me trying to figure out what is going on, that's good luck with that. Mm. But if you yeah. feel, you know, connected, first of all to yourself and then to something greater and also other people, like community is so important. Yeah. Um, as Ramdas says, you mentioned Ramdas is my favorite teacher. We're walking each other home. Yeah. You know, and, and that's another way of, and then by me feeling all the things and learning through my own experience, then I have something genuine to offer to others because you know, I know what you're going through because I'm going through the same. Yeah. Yeah. And what would we be sitting here talking about if we, if there wasn't those heartfelt experiences, you know, 
we 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 remember those ones one hundred percent. We remember those feelings of the shit that we've been through, where life couldn't put us in a corner anymore, and we're in that dark place because it makes us appreciate the light, you know. And if we just had all, it was all good. Then what would we be sitting here talking about? You know, those experiences of, I get you, I understand that, and I love how you resonated with the mind and the body because it's funny because, you know. I'd be driving some days and the most random thoughts come through the most random. And I'm like, and that's where I know it's all just random. It's just like, I would not think that, you know, mm-hmm. and allowing the thoughts just to be thoughts, you know, it was only the other day I had a conversation with a mate and I just said, I wasn't being present with him. And I just said, dude, I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm in a thought about your thoughts at the moment. And he looked at me and he goes, what do you mean? I said, well, for me to actually be present, I just want to express my thoughts about your thoughts. And it's funny how, you know, we can get caught up in thoughts about other people's thoughts where our thoughts are made up, their thoughts, they're probably not even thinking that, but you create mm-hmm. this suffering, you know, and I did a podcast with a guy, um, Gus Britton, uh, the other night and the Zoom cut out halfway through, but he's on the path and understands. So when we reconnected, there was not, I wasn't anxious or like, I'm so sorry. He would, cause straight away the thoughts come up of you're an idiot. You, you logged onto the wrong zoom account. He's not right. going to want to continue the podcast, all this stuff. And I just looked at it and I went, right. Reconnect. And he just goes, yeah. that's cool, brother. That's so good. No worries. And it's just like, it's funny that those thoughts that you carry on about other people's thoughts can keep you mm. in that trap, you know? And mm. And, you know, it's the ego loves to wrap itself up in whatever, you know, and it loves to creep in through those insecurities of being in the thought about what other people think. You know, I think there was a message that I sent you and I didn't hear it because you're on tour where you'd had a couple of concerts and I didn't hear from you for like a day or two. And straight away, the thought of like, he doesn't want to do a podcast. And I was like, oh, that's great. And then, and then legit, then like an hour later, like, hey, dude, yeah, I've been busy. I just had a concert. Yeah. When do you want to tee it up? And I'm like, but if I sat with that, and I embodied that to know that, that, that this is exactly what it is. That's the difference. So seeing your thoughts as thoughts, I think is, is, is powerful. And as you said, coming back into the body is great. Yeah. Yeah. It's fully just being present. Cause otherwise we create these stories and then we believe them and then we act upon them. And it was the whole time was just in our head. I forget. I think it was Mark Twain, but don't, it might not be Mark Twain. But someone said uh, something like, like, I've had a lot of problems in my life, most of which never happened. Mm-hmm. Or something like that. Yeah. Of like, this whole... Yeah. Actually, if you drop in for a second, everything's fine. And mm-hmm. if there is something you need to attend to, you attend to. And if you... Know, but yeah, how much we just live in our own movie that may or may not be actually based in what's real and what's happening. Mm, and yeah. so returning to the body is a way, or the present moment is a way to be like, okay, what is actually going on? Oh, here's another negative thought that I didn't invite, but I, that I also don't have to believe and attach myself to. Mm, yeah. Such a, such a difference. Yeah. And um, but I wanted to touch on the, because I'm spiritual song, <laughs> because that's the yeah. way I connected with you. That's like another, I won't comply, but just amplified. And, I loved it because it's funny because as I was listening to that song, which I will put in the show notes, I'll put everything in the show notes for people to listen, but I laughed so hard because some of it was so true. 
but just so funny of just the way you articulated it. Um, that was such a beautiful feeling and I never forget laughing and sending it to probably 20 people. And it's so funny because some of the people I sent it to, you were saying things about <laughs> they've got a conscious brand. They've got something in their bios and, you know, um, yeah, I love that. So how'd that song come along? That song, similar to the the COVID-19, I guess, I was in Costa Rica. And especially where I was, is a very spiritual place. And I say very spiritual with like a little, a little smile on my face. And, um, and I don't know, there's just some, and, and not just Costa Rica, but like, because I've been on this path for 10 years and I've lived in different communities, you know, from LA to London to Tenerife to Italy to, I see a lot of, you know, patterns, a lot of similar things, which sometimes make me go a little bit like, come on, like, how does that have anything to do with spirituality? At least the way that I understand. Yeah. And uh, I'd been in Costa Rica for a few months. And then I think I was in uh, in Italy for a few weeks, just visiting my family. And so I had some perspective on the whole situation. And I was having a chat with a friend and we were just like laughing and being silly. And and uh, I forget how it started. But again, it, it was this, you know, the role of the jester back in the day, back in the like the king's court or something the jester was like the crazy one like the fool yeah. yeah that was it was allowed to say things that no one else would say and he could call the king out and that was fine you know that so his role was to give this give these little nuggets of uncomfortable truth and I, and i i do feel that role a little bit as well and i don't know i just wanted to it wasn't necessarily that I wanted to call people out, but because what we refer to as spirituality has had such a massive impact on my life. I also feel protective mm. of things that I know are real and I know are true and I know are helpful and can, can actually change your life. And so to see how that is being used, misused and abused in a way that I perceive to be very ego-based, yeah, like, I'm a coach, I'm a healer, I'm an indigo child. Like I was having conversations, like I'm not obviously not going to say names, but I was having conversations with people where I'm thinking, like I had a conversation with this woman, bless her, I wish her well, she's a lovely person, but she was telling me all these like spiritual skills that she has. Like, I don't know, she was like, I'm a, I'm a healer, I'm a this, I'm a this. At some point she was like, I... I can connect with UFOs in the sky and guide them with my oh. thoughts. Oh, wow. And it was a big dinner. There's a bunch of people and everybody's listening. And a lot of people have a lot of reverence for this person. And I asked without even thinking, I said, how do you know you're not completely insane? As an honest question. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I said, how do you know you're not completely insane? And, and then I also asked, uh, so what kind of like, path have you been on to learn all these things like she was designing like diets for people and all these things like cleanses and and her answer literally was i woke up one day and i knew i could do this i was like oh okay great when when's dinner not, over right and not to say that you know a lot of people have 
skills and talents and you know gifts like i totally believe that is true but it's also so dangerous because there are a lot of people who are suffering there are a lot of people who are seeking some help some support some like help me yeah and especially if you're in a place of pain and confusion and and then you find someone who has a beautiful profile they're really handsome or really attractive and it and then those people are going to go to someone who actually doesn't have the actual curriculum or the know-how you know they're just like oh i'm this because i'm this because it's cool and and that upsets me personally because yeah. I want those people to find actual guidance. You know, everyone is a shaman. Everyone is a coach. Everyone is a... And then I think, are you actually help? Are you doing it for them? Or are you doing it for yourself? Yeah. Because it's cool to be, you know, the, on, on some type of pedestal. And that, I find it, I don't know. There's a sense of injustice. Like, yo, these people are actually in need of some type of healing. And they are trusting you. And whether you are aware of it or not, you're lying to them. Yeah. Or even worse, you're not even lying, but you've created this idea in your head of who you are. But does that mean that you're the right person for them to go through a, a healing process that they actually need? And I say them, but I could say me as well. Yeah. And so the song was a way to, uh, well, first of all, not take ourselves too seriously like the moment yeah. you take yourself too seriously you've lost yeah. the yeah. you know the way and it was kind of like a a way to check in with yourself so i every time i play the song and i think it's in the recording as well i say this song is not about you unless you think it is yeah, yeah. and i have no control over the reaction that you have <laughs> that will, will tell you where you're actually at because yeah. i've i have been and i have done a lot of the things that I make fun of, like I'm not, I'm not innocent of some of these things. Because along the path, like I had the phase where, I, what do you call the Messiah phase, where like yeah. six months in my spiritual journey, I was like, I get it. Let me okay. let me tell you how it is. You know, <laughs> like let me I solve know. all your problems. I read Eckhart Tolle and I listened to three podcasts by Ram Das. I get it. Good. Let's you wrap know? this up. <laughs> Let's wrap this up. I have the answers. You're welcome. Yeah. Uh, so I've been and still sometimes am some of the things that I that I sing about, but it felt like again the just wanting to provoke a reaction. And the idea yeah. was if I can highlight the things that I think have nothing to do with spirituality in its purest meaning and essence, if I can highlight th these by contrast. I can also remind of what is actually true. Yeah. You know, so instead of saying this is what spirituality is, it's like, I'm going to sing about all the things that are not, in my opinion, yeah. spiritual, so to speak, which also is such a word that now is loaded with meaning. And, yeah. and so it's, you know, to me, spirituality is hard to define, but it's like, okay, realizing that I am not just this body, I am spirit. How can I be spiritual if I am? an expression of spirit yeah and you know there's very simple core truths that if we all applied in our everyday life our lives would be immensely better and they have nothing to do with crystals and feathers and freaking headbands again there's nothing wrong with any of that 
I got crystal lamp. I got a Buddha statue. I smudge sage and Palo Santo. I, I do all the things, but those are not the thing. Those are tools and resources. But then actually it's like your relationship with yourself and spirit. Everything else is it's fun. It's playful. Yeah. It can help. Yeah. But it seems like there's so much focus and attention on these other things that over time somehow have become the main focus and then we forget what it's actually about you know what's inside of you is inside of me you know like and 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 so it was a way for me to yeah talk about that and I I feel as a lot of people would have listened to that and checked in with themselves by listening going oh yeah he's right I feel that so how was the reaction on that one good that one is i mean the 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 public reaction has been amazing i think the the instagram i put a little instagram video up that someone just recorded on their like shaky phone and that one went like i don't know how many millions of views it had on instagram but the funny thing is when i play it live and i'm always a little bit hesitant because you never know (laughs) yeah when i play it live no one says anything about it like negatively because in a weird way if you if you show me that you are triggered in a way is like oh then i am singing about you yeah and so sometimes <laughs> you, you just see like jaws clenching and people are just like being like oh he's totally talking about me no one, will say it because no, one wants to, no one wants to reveal like oh you got me i've done that oh that's such so, a good song <laughs> yeah oh i love it that's what everybody so there, there haven't been any like problems or or yeah some people's like kundalini teachers feel yeah. really like upset and again i it i i, I never make fun of the thing whether yeah. it's the, the kundalini or but it's how how we use it and how yeah. we sometimes use it for our own i don't know like i want to i want to be special everybody wants to be special in some way and so instead of going to a coach that helps you heal you become a coach it's like wait why don't you do the work first and then yeah can go out and help others and and again not to say that there's many beautiful people that are doing amazing work but it's becoming harder to discern because there's so many yeah you know and maybe someone who is like some of the most quote-unquote spiritual people I ever met for example medicine man that I did a, a, a San Pedro journey with years ago in Tenerife he looked like someone who would sell you apples at the market yeah you're not he just had a t-shirt sandals jean shorts but there was something in his eyes and and a, and a degree of presence and authenticity and kindness and warmth and you felt like this man knows something like I was drawn to it. He didn't have Instagram. He didn't have a website. But wow. and so I'm like, wow. Like if you go to the jungle, some of those medicine men or medicine women, like they look completely normal. They're just carrying whatever. And and then you come to our side of the world, and it's like, you know, yeah. it's like all oh, this jewelry and the thing and the yeah. name and like, I'm so spiritual. And it's like, come on, that's not yeah. what it's about. Yeah. How has the plant medicine journey been a part of your practice, uh, your your journey in self? It's been 
a very powerful tool to use alongside other things. Yeah. It's like, in a way, it shows you how things aren't. And it puts you back on a, on a, I don't know, it's kind of like, I, I say it's like, if you, if you are an instrument, like a guitar, you have to tune that guitar. Otherwise, it's going to sound awful. So I find that these experiences are kind of like a way to retune myself and my spirit and, and to return to something that, that feels real as opposed to, you know, whatever story we tell ourselves. And so it's been, it's been powerful. I don't think that just plant medicine is the way, like you have to approach it in many ways. Cause I see people that have done ayahuasca like a hundred times. And I'm like, is that actually helping you? Or are yeah. you trying to cop out from actually doing the work? Yeah. Um, but it has been a, a big part of the, yeah, the retuning and remembering like, oh, that's not how it is at all. Mm. And then you, you come back to whatever is real or, or true. Someone doing a hundred ayahuascas, that's, that's insane. See, that's the thing. It's, it, it's most definitely a calling. And that's, I don't think that person was called a hundred times to the medicine <laughs> like no crazy. probably not but there's like yeah it's and i don't know if it was actually a hundred times but yeah. there are people doing a lot of plant yeah. medicine a lot of some people get lost in it like yeah. i know people have looked like they've lost their mind because they yeah. they keep going to the other place and then they yeah. it's hard for them to come back come back yeah and there's, and there's actually another beautiful story if we have time yeah um yeah okay to yeah, share brother yeah yeah so I, so this is 2015, 2016. And unsurprisingly, I was going through a really rough time as I do often. And, uh, and so we did this San Pedro ceremony with this beautiful medicine man who, by the way, wasn't calling himself a medicine man. Other people were calling him a medicine man, which wow. also something that I loved. Yeah. And uh, so we have the ceremony and it was so intense so and it was a 12 hour like full journey where like at some point I wasn't I wasn't even my body I was God I was everything I was nothing like it just the way I say it is like I was holding on to all my beliefs and all my things and then San Pedro came just knocked everything <laughs> off and walked away I'm like shit what am I gonna do now <laughs> so I have this whole experience and it took me a few days to to return like to come back in a way I felt like I was like a, a plastic bag in the wind just so lost or at least still integrating coincidentally my parents come see me in Tenerife a few days after while I'm still fully oh. just in the cosmos and I have the silly idea to try and explain to them what I've done and what I'm going through which Obviously, it's not going to work. Yeah. Like, my parents, bless them, amazing people, but a different world. Yeah. So I'm getting increasingly frustrated because I can't find the words, really, to say what I'm going through. And they also don't understand because, again, it's a completely different reality. And I am walking with my, with my dad. They were staying at this hotel, and we're about to meet some friends at a restaurant. And we're walking down this hallway 
And I, again, I am coming from like eagle eye view from the cosmos, like God consciousness, like fully just somewhere else. And at some point I stop and I think I like stop my feet and I'm almost screaming at my dad. And I say, do you even know what's going on? Again, thinking of like everything, like the fabric of reality and <laughs> consciousness. And I say, do you even know what's going on? And my dad stops. He turns around and he says, we're going to dinner. Um, and that just, like I felt myself coming back. Wow. Because that was also real yeah. like yes the the magnitude and the insanity of existence and trying to make sense of what is that da, 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 da. and also we're just going to dinner wow <laughs> and that was such a powerful thing for me to hear coming from where i was coming from because you can also get lost into yeah. you know philosophizing and all these stuff but also like you and i are just having a chat yeah. This is just as real as everything else. And I find that sometimes in spirituality, there's like this denial of, oh, I'm not my body. Yeah, you're not just your body, but you're also this body. Like, this is how you do life. And so that, and he was looking at me like, are you crazy? Like, we're just going to dinner. What do you think is going on? <laughs> <laughs> and I and I, uh, and I keep bringing that back when I, where I feel like I'm shooting off in yeah. the cosmos. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm, I'm just sitting here. Yeah. And it, and it is, and it's, and it's about playing with it and seeing it for what it is. But that's one thing in my journey, I've been learning to be more and more human and know that the paradox of both, you know, and it's like a flow, you know, some days you're going to have live more of a human experience. Some days you're going to feel like you're more on a flotation device and, and it's all okay. You know, and when you're feeling those emotions in the human experience, it's okay. And when you have those high moments or lengths of moments where you're sort of floating and things are just blissful, that's beautiful as well. But just knowing that you, you as you say, stay open to life. I love that as a calling and what a, what, what a beautiful story that was a guy just coming to you saying that, because I think that's so true because it's all, it all is okay. It always is okay. It's sometimes we just get caught up in our heads and, that's where suffering comes thinking that it's not, but the moments is just as beautiful as we want to make it. And, you know, I think more and more people are, you know, projecting in this space, especially after COVID. That's where my awakening happened during COVID because it was, I was so dictated and emotionally attached to these numbers, you know, and I've got a couple of gyms in Sydney. It was like, I, I can't continue to do this. I'm suffering. And that was when I stumbled across a Celestine prophecy book um and then power of now ramdas and then it all just blew up and it was like a spontaneous sort of wake-up call because life was good before it uh but it's it's always life is always beautiful you know and you know it's but the, mm. the times when shit happens it's there's parts of us that we can access to go to and know that it's okay you know yeah even in the shit and i think that's the one thing i've personally learned is going deeper on the journey is knowing every time shit does come up, there's still this hope of knowing that and faith of knowing that this mm. is okay, you know, and I pray that more and more people, you know, project through your message and my message and these conversations to know that there is a part of you inside that you can access to always go to, to know that it's okay, especially when the chaos comes up. Yeah. And to not, and to not be so quick to label something 
or to judge a situation as as good or bad because that also creates a lot of suffering again breaking up with my ex in costa rica and being stuck i labeled it this is the worst thing that could happen i'm never going to recover from this my life has fallen apart and based on that judgment i experienced so much more suffering that was necessary yeah. And and it's funny because now, and I may sound absolutely insane saying this, trying to be more mindful of the conversations that are happening in my own head. Yeah. And so I'm trying to like, whenever I can catch it, to switch it. And sometimes it goes into, if you knew what's coming, if you knew why these things are happening and unfolding the way they are, you would not worry for a second. Wow. Like feel the pain, feel, you know, like after a breakup, after things change, like, of course you're going to feel stuff. But if you knew, yeah, you would not waste a second wow. worrying about the future because you'll see. Yeah. You know? I love that. And whether I am completely delusional or not, it helps. I love that. Now, brother, what I get come through is very, well, similar, but different. It's um, don't you trust us. When I'm in mm. the second that something small goes and I go there, it goes, don't you trust us? And it's like, mm-hmm. yes, I trust. I trust. Yeah. And it is, it is. What a beautiful, yeah. what a beautiful conversation, man. Thank you so much for your time. And to start the day like this for you, um, this has been really nice. You, the stories, the journey, and yeah, we'll give it a couple of months and we, we can drop in again and see where things are at for you. But um, as I touched on at the start of the episode, like it was a blessing to come across your stuff and, you know, your music's playing through the speakers all day long. And, and I know that I've got you to access at any point to just, just one or two lines in that free out, free out last song or, you know, whatever other song, you know, even the, I think be your friend. Is that the one? Be a friend, be a friend. Like all those ones that come through, um, stay open to life. I hope I see you soon. Like, yeah, man, I'm, I'm spreading your message over in Sydney and um, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on. Thank you, brother. Thank you so much again for reaching out and for, yeah, I've loved this conversation too. And whenever we want to drop in again, I'm more than happy to to connect again. And yeah, see, it'll be interesting to see, yeah, in a couple months where life has taken me and then looking back and be like, oh yeah, yeah, that made sense. Things yeah. had to go that way. <laughs> Just had to stay open to life. Just stay open to life. Yeah, beautiful. Thank you, brother. I'll post all the stuff in the uh, show notes for people to access all your stuff as well. Thank you. Nice. Thank you very much. And yeah, just sending love to whoever may be listening to this for them to know they're not alone and it's going to be okay. Beautiful. Thank you so much, brother. Until next time.